actual whole song there. I don't know why it's not playing. <laughs> I really like that. That's a great intro. You know, I stole that from, uh, well, I didn't say I stole it actually, but I, I got it from uh, Fiverr, someone on Fiverr who created my podcast intro. And I just love that music. It just pumps me up like mm-hmm. nothing else. I love <laughs> How's it. How's it going, Kristen? I'm so excited to have you today. How's it going with you? Oh, so good, Linda. I'm so excited to be here. I couldn't wait for our talk this morning. It's going to be fun because we, one of the things that both you and I know a lot about is people pleasing. <laughs> so, Amen. So we're going to talk, talk about that today. And your book is being launched, officially launched tomorrow, but we're doing an interview today about it. I sent an, a link out to all of That's right. We've got the book in hand. I sent the link out to um, our email list to buy the book today. If you're watching us live or watching the replay, please make a comment below. Are you a people pleaser? And you know what? It's okay. Just admit it. Admit it. Because when you know you're a people pleaser, that's when you can start to change, right? And so today we're going to be talking about recovering people pleaser, Kristen's newly launched book. And so excited to talk about it. Kristen, before we get really, really started here, I want to know, are you a people pleaser? I am a recovering people pleaser. And the reason why I call myself that is because there is times, like for the most part, I would say I'm recovered, but there are times when I've caught myself doing those things again. The good news is, is I know how to course correct and to fix that now, but I feel like the foundation and essence of what people pleasing is rooted in, which is the need to be liked or uh, lack of self-worth and stuff like that. I feel like we dip in and out of that sometimes through life, depending on things that are happening. And we can feel ourselves going back to that default mechanism. And that's nothing to worry about. It's just now that we have the awareness around it, that we can course correct it much faster than we used to. Oh my God. Speaking about that, one of the lines in your book, you talked about awareness, right? Uh, We cannot heal that which we are unaware of. And so we're going to talk about that in just a second. But of course, I got to break out into song. Okay. I just got to do it. So my little ditty that I created based on awareness, because this is exactly what I talk about is that once we have awareness is when we can effect change. And Mm -hmm. so my little ditty is I have awareness. I have awareness. Now I have awareness. How now brown cow. I have awareness. I have awareness. Now it's time for me to move on like donkey Kong. You know, it's just a, a short little ditty to to really like hone in that laughter, right? Because laughter is one of the things oh, that we remember. Is. Yeah, and so um, everybody always chuckles when I especially say I that Donkey Kong thing. But let's talk about awareness. How do I know if I am a people pleaser or not? So that's the first thing is how do I know if I am a people pleaser? And then now that I know I'm a people pleaser, how do I know that I'm tapping into those tendencies so that I can effect that change. Okay. So all over my podcast, you will hear me say awareness is key. Awareness is key. Awareness is key. And what that means is a lot of times we are going through life in kind of this cloud. We're distracting ourselves. We don't want to look at the things that we might be doing that are contributing to a dysfunctional or disempowered life and things like that. So owning the awareness of it, that I actually am a people pleaser is the number one thing that we can do. And that doesn't mean that we need to shame ourselves about it because shame is going to keep us in that hole. We just need to have the observation that, you know what, I'm a people pleaser. And what that means, the definition for me means, Linda, is that we 
focus, hyper focus, okay, hyper focus, because focusing on the needs of others is one thing. But if we hyper focus on the needs of others in order to gain love, approval, acceptance, or validation, then that is an indicator, a massive indicator that a person is a people pleaser. Now, it's okay to focus on the needs of others, but it's not okay to hyper-focus. So the, the cure is what we want to do is start coming back towards the center to where we focus on our own needs as equally as we focus on the needs of others. Uh, okay. Hold on. I'm coming back. Where am I? I don't know. Here I am. There you are. <laughs> You're on the Here other I side. Am. I was in the background trying to please myself. <laughs> Oh my Your God. Friend, this is why I love you. This I is why I love you. Out. Oh, my, okay. Wait, I got to stop laughing. Hold on. Deep breath. Was... Oh my God. I can keep laughing about that one. So Do perfect not... for me. That's so perfect. That's not okay. Sally's like, okay, what are you doing now, Linda? Okay. Sally says, hello. Sally. Uh, hey, Sally. She has gestures even more worse. You know, every once in a while, I'll say the word, uh, I have awareness, and my husband will just start busting out in the song. <laughs> so, so cool. So he knows it now, too. Yes, yes. <laughs> Lots of people are, are starting to know my little ditty. That's all I've got in it. That's like the whole ditty right there. Yeah, I'm thinking cool. about branching it out into you know, different uh, different uh, tunes, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. But but anyway, I digress. So yeah, that that piece of just having that that awareness of like, am I am I doing this because I want to please them or I want to make them happy or I want to make, you know, I just want things to be copacetic because I'm worried about whatever, or am I wanting to do this for myself? I think that's a yeah. huge step. And, and, and to get to that place is, I mean, I'm still thinking about what I just said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, to get, to get to that place, to be able to get to that place is like, how do we, is there something you feel is there something you hear? Like, what is it that for you helps you to, again, have that awareness that I need to look at this and, and think about it? One of the most important things we can look at is our own emotions. So if we're starting to feel resentful, which is like usually the number one key, where you start to feel resentful of the people in our lives, and it could be the people we absolutely love the most and would do anything for. But if we start to feel this like kind of little nudge of resentment, then that's a huge indicator that you're overgiving because giving is beautiful. Giving is wonderful and it's a beautiful trait, but the overgiving is when we get into the the bad territory. Um, what was the other part of that question? Oh, the, how do, you know, how do I um, start to change that or how do I, oh, yeah, how yeah. do I tap into that? How do I tap yeah, into that? Yeah. So, so resentment's a huge thing, but it's also a feeling of, I don't matter. Okay, so if we start to think like, I don't matter to these people, and it could be that you you do on a deep level, but on a like really interior level, because you're so giving to them that they don't need to give back to you to keep you in their life. So if we start to feel like I don't matter to this person, that, that's another indicator that you might be overgiving and being a people pleaser. Okay. Okay. I love that. Now you talked about resentment, right? So we start to feel resentment and um, I'm a person who I'm very patient. You know, this is one of the, like one of those, right. A blessing and a curse at the same time. Yeah. 
Yes. Right. I have a lot of patience as I know you do too. Cause when we were working with this book, there was a lot of you know things we were working with on, you know, together on that and having a lot of patience was important for the process here. Yes. And, you know, I'm grateful for the patience, you know, that you had with us as well as, you know, just like having this patience all overall. And so, so I'm looking at that and I'm thinking about the word resentment and I'm thinking of the amount of patience I have. Some people, it takes a lot longer to get to that place of resentment. So yeah. not that I'm saying like we need to get to that place of resentment as quick as possible, but the sooner we get there, the sooner yeah. we realize that we can effect that change. Right. I mean, what's your yeah. thought on, on patience with, uh, re- in relation to people? Man, you are, you are speaking my language. I, I am an extremely patient person. And I'm an extremely loving person and I'm an extremely understanding person. But when I notice that I'm starting to feel exhausted, tired, small, not wanting to take the phone call, not wanting, you know, when there's things I'm like, oh God, what's going to be asked of me now? Because this is now, this is the past. This is not current. But those were the type of things where I was like, okay, if we're really aware of our thoughts during the day and what's going on inside of us. Like I said, emotions is the key. Emotions are so important because a lot of people don't want to feel their emotions, especially the darker or heavier emotions, because they think <clears throat> it's it's something bad. But emotions are actually the key that, that help us navigate life. So by just going inside and saying, what am I feeling at any given moment? Then you can start to recognize, you can start to ask yourself, why am I feeling that way? So kind of chasing it down, kind of coaching yourself, asking yourself one question after another, and the answer is going to always be revealed if you're honest with yourself. The key is that we're honest with ourselves. I keep looking down at you, but I'm trying to look at the camera. Um, yeah, the key is being honest with yourself. Yes. And the one thing yeah. that I, I stress over and over and over again is to give ourselves grace in this process because we're learning something new. And a lot of times we want to judge ourselves, make ourselves bad. Like I I call it the I suck. We want to, we're like, oh, I suck. I don't do this right. I don't do that right. Whatever. No, we, it's so important that we sit in just honest inquiry of observation and say, wow, I really say yes to everything. Or I, I don't speak up about what I need. Or I set a boundary, but I don't hold the line. Or I don't even set a boundary. Some people have difficulties even trying to set a boundary. So all those things are indicator that we're people pleaser. However, it is 100% healable. 100%. Yeah. And that's what you're going to learn in the recovering people pleaser. Because the the thing is that like Kristen mentioned, you know, sometimes we feel like maybe I'm a recovered people pleaser. And I like to say that I am a recovered people pleaser, but I still have people pleaser tendencies that show up. And it's during that time that I have awareness, I have awareness, right? Mm-hmm. I, I have that awareness and that's what is, it will move me through it. And I find that the more aware I become, the faster I move through it because I say, ah, okay, I'm doing this. And I'll even ask myself the question, am I saying yes to this because I want to please them? Or I'm saying yes to this because I want to do it. Am I saying yes, because it's going to help me in my business? Am I saying yes? Is it about me or is it about them and, and trying to trying to people please. And so that right there, just that one awareness piece. Okay. I'm going to see, we're going to see what happens right now, Kristen. I'm going to bring something up. Okay, good. It didn't block our faces. 
I was trying to bring up a different thing, but it's not working in the background right now. So here we go. This is the book we're talking about right now, The Recovering People Pleaser. It is available on Amazon. It's available all over the world, but we want you to purchase it on Amazon today because we're working on helping Kristen to Actually, come tomorrow. And tomorrow's well, I want them to book. No, my people, I want them to purchase it oh, today. Okay, guys. It's yeah. okay. It's okay, Kristen. I got you covered. Don't worry. I got you covered. We got our system in place. So what Kristen's, all Kristen's people are going to buy tomorrow, but I want all my people to buy today. And there's a reason for that. This is how we work our system. But go out and get the you know, copy of the Recovering People Pleaser today. And um, you can find it by one way is going to kristenbrown.org and click on the books section books tab there. And then when you click on that link, it'll take you over to Amazon. Or I am also going to drop links to all the countries, all the countries that were, you know, that the book is available in and you can buy the book in any of those countries. So please go out and get that book today. Super excited about it. Okay, Kristen. So I wanted to talk about, you know, there were a couple of the different things that you mentioned in the book that I wanted to bring up. And we of course don't have time to go over the whole book. This is an incredible book. For those of you who are people pleasers, if you know somebody who is a people pleaser, buy this book for them because we don't have to remain that. And that's one of the beauties, Kristen, right? Is we don't have to stay like that forever, but it's a choice. Yes. We get to make a, a choice. choice. Yeah. So here's one thing that you say in the book is we cannot heal. Oh, that was the first one. Hold on. Okay. Here we go. Our level of self-worth is directly proportional to the quality of treatment we require from others. And I'm reading that extra slow, which those who know me know I don't usually read <laughs> very slow. But this one, because as I read this three or four or five or six times, just this one line right here, it really was hitting me like, wow, the quality of treatment that we require, that we mm -hmm. require from others. Kristen, what does this mean? Yeah. So it is our, okay. First of all, I call everybody on the planet. We're the walking wounded, which means we come here as whole and perfect beings. And as we move through the brainwave states, as we grow, our physical body grows that, that we are no longer just in contact with our highest self, our God self, we start to have an ego. And as that ego forms, we start to take in messages from the outside world. And that those messages come to us and we, the ego starts to evaluate it, that there's something wrong with us, that we're not good enough, that we're too much, whatever it might be. And there could be a sky's the limit of the messages that we receive. But that level of unworthiness that starts to take root actually will branch out in one of two ways. It'll go towards people pleasing or it'll go the, where we hyper-focus on the needs of others or it will go towards narcissism and narcissistic tendencies where we hyper-focus on the needs of ourself. So when I say the level of self-worth is directly proportional to the quality of treatment we require is that if we have a low level of self-worth, what that means is we don't really value ourselves for our whole and complete authentic self. We think there's something wrong with us and we're flawed. And we think that we need to go into the outside world to get it back because we believe the outside world took it away. But the key is, is that we need to return back to the worthiness that we came here with because we are all 100% worthy we're 100% who we are supposed to be. We are unique and beautiful and perfect just as we are. But because the outside world said these things to us, then we start to overcompensate in some way by either grabbing at other people and taking, taking, taking like narcissistic tendencies do, or we give, 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 give. 
and we we fracture out who we are to try to be what we think we're supposed to be to someone else. So the key is when we start to reclaim our self-worth, our personal value goes up, and now we are treating ourselves in a way that we have not treated ourselves before. So when the outside world starts to reflect back treatment that is different than that, we have a flag because we're like, whoa. But if we're treating ourselves poorly and the outside world is treating us poorly, there's not a huge disconnect in the feeling. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But when we treat ourselves better, there becomes a huge disconnect and that helps us to do what we need to do, set and maintain healthy boundaries, have conversations, whatever it might be. To, to try to get to course correct that. Wow, that's that's amazing. I love how you explain like from the beginning, how we start to, you know, and then all these different people that we meet in our lives, we start to take on their own beliefs and and we adopt those as our own. And, and yeah. really a lot of that does lead to that people pleasing. I know that the environment that I grew up in was was tremendous in leading to me becoming a people pleaser. You know, yeah. and so then it was like that awareness that we talked about earlier is having awareness that, wow, I'm not really liking being stomped on. You know, that yeah. was for me was part of my awareness is that I don't like being stomped all over. And it wasn't that they were stomping on me is that I was allowing it. That was yeah. that, like you said, the responsibility, right? Taking responsibility for those actions and things. So we're talking about today, the book called The Recovering People Pleaser. It's a spiritual guide to reclaim your true worth and attract the love you deserve. And that love is what, Kristen? What is that love that we deserve? It's unconditional love of self. It is un- It is absolutely just unconditional love. It's the unconditional love of God. It is who we I- innately are. It's what we came here with, but until, and this is why I wanted to comment on what you were saying earlier is that like we get to a good place, but then sometimes we might backslide. And here's what I've discovered on my journey is that when I started to heal, there was not like this marching band and fanfare and balloons and doves let into the air. There was this really slow morphing that, that occurred over time. And I believe that returning back to ourselves, our whole self, capital W whole self is what this journey is about. Okay. So we're returning back to that, that place inside where we know our innate worth is really what it is. But at times, or what I was going to say was that um, you were saying like, sometimes there's these backslides, but what happens is, and it's the most important thing is that the gap between allowing that stuff begins to shorten. Okay. It doesn't mean that we get perfect. It doesn't mean that we're 100% healed. It's never, ever going to happen again. But the gaps, that's what that's what self-healing is. That is what uh, awakening is. It's, return, it, it's reducing the gap between I know who I am and I don't know who I am. I love that. And that's, you know, one of the things I, I sometimes I'll say to my husband, like, I, I just need five minutes to pout. You know, in the old days, it would be 30 days, two months, three years, five years, whatever. Now mm-hmm. I'm like, I, and I'm aware about this about myself is like, I need a little bit of time to emote in a, whatever yes. that emotion is, it, whether it's anger or sadness or whatever, but I only need a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. And so I just say five minutes, sometimes it's 30 seconds, but I just need some time to be and let me be this emotion, whatever it is. But cause then once I'm done with that, I just move on. Like exactly. I don't hold on to it anymore. And that's what you're talking about is, and it's, it's incredible when we get to that, when we get to that place in our lives, yes. because we find that so much more of our life is so beautiful 
than we ever imagined it would be. Because I, I like to say, like, I didn't know I was in the darkness until I was in the light. Exactly. I spent so many years in a dark place, decades, 51 years in a very dark place. And when I would see people that were happy and positive, I thought, oh, that's a bunch of bullshit. Those people, that's not true. That's not real. Mm -hmm. That's not real life. And then now I'm one of those people, you know, <laughs> so it's like, it is real life. It is real life. Well, and that's the thing is that when we're in a, a certain mindset and energy place for so long, we really believe it's who we are. This is our personality. This is how we are, but it doesn't have to stay that way. And I think that's the most important thing that people need to understand is that you're not stuck. We were put here to thrive. We were put here to enjoy the abundance of the universe. That, that is our birthright here on earth. But yet we can be our own worst enemies by staying stuck in a place. But like we talked about earlier, it's that awareness of whether it is I want something better or there's got to be a better way or it's at some point we're going to crack open. And, it, and in that cracking open, the light can come in, which is truth. And so whatever that truth may be, where it could be, I'm a people pleaser. Wow. It's just, it's just, you're the light just entered and you can start to heal. It's, you yeah. know, and a big thing, I just want to say this is that what started this whole journey for me was taking radical responsibility for my life because I was so focused on all the crappy stuff that people were doing to me. And they were like, there is no judge and jury that would say that was okay. Right. It was crappy things mm -hmm. like, like them. They're bad. They're bad. They're bad. They're, they're to blame. And then I looked at me and I said, but I keep attracting this. I'm the common denominator in this situation. So I need to figure out how to not do this anymore. And that's when the, the work started happening. So my crack open was I am the common denominator. Like I keep, mm. other people weren't attracting these type of people repeatedly, but I was because there was something inside of me and they were reflecting it back to me. That's when yeah. I knew. Okay. That is so good. I remember when I was, when I started the, my own personal development journey, which it was at age 51. And that's when the light, again, I started to see that there was some light out there is um, I read the title, the title of one chapter in a book. It wasn't, I didn't read this, the, um, the story. I didn't read anything. It was that one title. And the title was take 100% responsibility for your life. And it's in Jack Canfield's book, The Success Principles. Just reading that one chapter title, I was yes. like, oh my God, I, I am not, I wasn't taking personal responsibility for the bad things, but I also wasn't taking responsibility for the good things. Like yeah. I wasn't taking credit for anything that was mm -hmm. good in my life. And so that was, that was huge for me, Kristen. So I think yeah. just getting to that point is big. And if, so you have something you want to say about that, but then we're going to go to the next question I have for you. I was just going to say that it, it's in that moment where we truly are open. It's just being open. It's being, it's being curious. It's being, what does this mean? So when we, and what you did, I feel like you did in that moment was something resonated within your spirit. Like you read that and you went, there's something true and write about this for me. And it met you right where you were at. And then you were ready. Yeah. 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 Well, they say what this, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. The reality is the teachers are always there. The student's just not ready yet. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's a different teacher. Like how many times have you had where Okay, this happens to me quite often where I would tell my husband something over and over and over again. And then, then his friend Dave says something. He's like, oh my God, I just had this huge epiphany from Dave. And I'm like, I've been telling you that for years, you know, 
I, I just stopped saying I've been telling you that because it doesn't solve any problems. You know, it doesn't serve any purpose, you know, for me to remind him that I've been telling him that for so many years. Yeah. But now I just like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> because yeah. it's Dave was the teacher. You know, I was the I was like, uh, like, we like greasing it up, right? I was greasing I, it up. I, I were I, I, I had a thing with this because this used to drive me nuts. We had to say something to someone. I'm like, I know they are. And they just wouldn't get it, wouldn't get it, wouldn't get it until I read this one day and it said, I'm going to paraphrase because I'm not sure exactly how it said, but I loved it. They said, consider building a wall or a structure or something. Uh, I may have not have been the person that put the last brick on, but I was definitely part of the foundation Yeah, because they were here, you know, and it was starting to build that within them till they got to the point where they could actually hear it. So yeah. it's, still, it's still serving, even though it appears like our messages or whatever fall on deaf ears to people. If you deliver it with love, somehow it is sticking and it's just helping to build the foundation for the person. Yeah. And just to clarify, in case anybody uh, heard me, uh, heard, didn't hear what I meant is because when I said like it, it doesn't serve, what doesn't serve is for me to tell him, to remind him that I've been telling you that because a lot of times we go into that. I, you know, how come it took you so long? And how come it was that person that, you know, like we start to like point fingers and stuff. But the reality is, like you said, we were part of the building of that foundation and just, just be grateful that they got there. Yeah. Just be grateful that they heard the message. It was from Dave. He was the one, like the camel, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. It's kind of like that, that last straw. That's a silly right. saying, by the way. Okay. So I anyway. know. It's terrible. <laughs> these Some of these sayings, like, uh, where did they come like from? Eat, like eating an elephant. One, I do not eat an elephant. So why would I eat one bite at the time? in a cat? What is that? Oh, like, stop like, it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, as you can see, Kristen like and I could go on forever. We could go on forever. But I have, I do have, um, here's one that I wanted to definitely address. I have, I have two I definitely want to address here is this one. Shame and unworthiness. Shame and unworthiness are the dis-ease and self-love is the miracle cure. Talk about that because, boy, this is so big, so big. Yeah. So shame and unworthiness are those, you know, I already spoke about that. It's what comes as we're coming up through life and we're, we're getting these messages from people and they become our programming. They actually get wired into our brain for us to think a certain way. And so a lot of times we don't even know they're there because we're just acting from this autopilot response of the way we are literally wired. So this is why a lot of people say, this is just me. Well, that's the way your brain was wired based on thoughts that you repeated in your head, which you actually learned. That's what it is, by, you know, biologically, neurologically. And so that's the pathway that you keep going down. The problem is, is that that thinking is faulty and that that thinking is going to cause dis-ease, mean upset, suffering within ourselves. It could also go on to cause disease in our body, as we've heard now, you know, via epigenetics and things, that it can cause actual physical disease as well. But when I say self-love is the miracle cure, it is it is quite literally the antidote to shame and unworthiness. It's the only thing that works because a lot of there's a lot of talk about self-love in the world. And a lot of times people think it's like, um, you know, taking a bath, having a glass of wine, you know, these type of things. And they're very serving. And that might be in the, under the self-care aspect of self-love. But self-love literally is the balm to the wound. And it will start to heal that wound. And like I mentioned earlier, it's in a very subtle and beautiful way that you will just notice yourself responding or reacting to certain situations differently, but in a more positive way than you did before. 
So it's this subtle thing. A lot of times in this world, people want the quick fix. They want the magic pill. They want the thing now. And this is, is this is an unpacking. This is a healing. And just like it takes a moment for your, you know, a, a cut or something on your arm to heal, it takes time. It's a process. The same thing happens here. So when we apply the, the five tenets of self-love, which you can read about in the book, when we consistently apply those things to ourselves, we are quite literally healing the, the hidden shame and unworthiness that is causing us to show up in the world in a way that is not serving us or the people around us. Because truth be known, if we're people pleasers, we're enablers, you know, we're doing all kinds of things. We're saying yes when we should say no, which not only hurts us, but it hurts the people around us because they don't get the opportunity to grow either. Oh, that's big. That's big. Yeah. I love that. And uh, there's something you mentioned about um, like the, the just me, just me, you know, oh, that's just me. That's just who I am. Right. But also what about the, that's just him. That's just her. That's just they. Right. So a lot of times we will put other people into a box and saying that that's just who they are, that they can't change. Yeah. And that's not true. And that's what I love about it is that because through this whole personal development journey that we go on, if we choose to, if we choose to, that we can also start to see because like, we work on ourselves first. And then when we work on ourselves, we see things differently. I'm going to give a great example of this. Oh, my gosh. When I first started my personal development journey, I used to be one of those really catty people. I would read People magazine. I would talk about how they probably all had Botox and and how they had you know all these things done to themselves. And I was so focused on seeing that they were there was something probably wrong with them, and that's why they were doing these things. That's how I saw the world. Yeah. So once I started to work on myself and started to say, "Wow, these are the things I want to fix about myself," I remembered one one particular event. And it stands out to me because it was such a big deal, such a sh huge shift that I made. I attended this event and I saw this woman standing on the other side of the room and she was dressed impeccably. She looked just absolutely beautiful. She was like perfection. Right. And, and as I saw her, I, it dawned on me that I looked at her and I was like, wow, she's so beautiful. And I saw, and that's that was a good thing. About. That's the, yeah. you'll just yes. notice something really subtle like that. Yeah. And in the past, I would have been like, wow, look at her. Who does she think she is? Like, look mm -hmm. at her. She has to get all dressed up in order to feel good about her. These are the things I used to say. But so what the, the what you're saying, there's, see, I worked on myself. Yes. To the point that when I saw her, I can appreciate her yes. for who she is and what she looks like and such a huge difference. So it's, we, it's amazing. We can't change other people. We have zero, right. absolutely zero control over other people. So if we want a different experience in life, we have to go to the source. We have to go to the one place that we do have control over. And I wanted to add this, that self-love and self-worth creates a ripple effect because it is of light. It is of God. It is of love, which is the highest energy in the entire universe. So when we love self, you know, people, so many times people are afraid, Linda, that I'm going to be selfish. It's not selfish because it's of love. Okay, so it can't be selfish because selfishness is, in, is of ego. Okay, so when we start to tend to ourselves, there's going to be a ripple effect. And oftentimes it shows up in our language, the way we speak to people, our, our speaking changes. We start to speak in a more empowered way. Mm -hmm. We're less afraid of saying what needs to be said, right? Because we, we, we see things through a clearer lens now and we're not afraid to say it because the need to be liked, which is massive for people pleasers, 
that need to be liked is is no longer in place or is way, way diminished so that you feel like you can show up. But the other thing is that boundaries always serve both parties. So anytime there's a boundary that we set that is rooted in love of self, that means it's purposeful that we're setting that boundary because that person's behavior is not okay. They're not treating us right. So us setting that boundary from a place of self-love, not control, not manipulation. We set it because I need to tend to me and take care of me. When we set that, guess what we're doing, you guys? We're shining the light on their unhealed wounds so that they have an opportunity now to go within and work on themselves. Yeah. It's yeah, it's amazing the the ripple effect that it does create. And yeah. you know, your your family might see it and think there's something wrong with you. Your family might um, chastise you. They might berate you. They might say negative things to you, but it's because they're not used to you being that new person. And so here's the thing, Kristen, how do you get strong? I can share my experience of what I did, but I want to hear from you. How do you get strong and be able yeah. to not revert back to who you were being and keep moving forward? Well, you made an excellent point because when we set boundaries with people who are used to us being a certain way, we're going to get pushback because they're used to just getting their way, getting their way. And this doesn't mean that they're heinous or they're sinister. You know, like I said, it could be the people that love us the most, but yet we have taught and trained them that we are a certain way. So when we start setting those boundaries or changing things up for them, they're going to they're going to kick and scream a little bit, maybe not literally on the floor, but they're going to give us some pushback. So what I just made a post this, actually, I just made a reel this morning about this. I said, if you are, if you're setting a boundary with somebody and you get pushback, that means that that's the exact person that you should be setting the boundary with, because they are trying to get your, you know, they're trying to get their way with you. And you're, you're saying that's no longer okay. So the question you asked was, how do I get strong? This is quite literally what I do. I made a vow to, I, I took off two years to remain single and celibate from romantic relationships because I needed to figure out why I kept attracting what I was attracting. And in that time, I vowed to little Kristen. Now I knew nothing about inner child work. I did not have a coach or a mentor. I just knew that there's this little girl inside of me that thought she had to gain love, approval, and acceptance by doing all these things. So I vowed to her, well, no, first I realized that these people were re reflecting back to me where I did not respect myself, where I did not honor myself, and where I did not protect myself. So when I said, okay, they're reflecting back my lack of taking care of me, I vowed to little Kristen. I said, I will, I will have your back from this point forward. I apologized to her. I treated her like I would treat one of my children. I held her close and I said, we're doing this. I got your back. And the second somebody does something that's crappy to me, I, I remember my vow and I remember the way that I protect my kids. And I tell people this who don't have children, think of an elderly loved one or a pet, something that you love fiercely and turn that fierce love towards yourself and say, I will not let this happen again. So it sometimes, like we were talking about, it is a, um, it's a slow, a gradual change because there was times something would happen and, and I would walk away and not, I'd be like, okay, that wasn't okay. So I had to like pull it in and say, all right, now what can you do with that? And then I just got quicker on it. It just got faster for me because I started to retrain my brain to think in a way to love and protect and respect me. So it's just, it's just like any muscle. We're just conditioning a muscle. That's all it is. And eventually you just get strong.
Yep. And that's Stronger. exactly, yeah, that's exactly what I did uh, through the process as well. So we're talking about the book, The Recovering People Pleaser. You can get it on Amazon today by Kristen Brown, you know, Action Takers Publishing. We're so thrilled that, that Kristen worked with us on this book to get it published. So go get your copy. And Kristen, what you just shared today, or what you just now shared leads to my last question. I guess this was not planned out, y'all, but this <laughs> is just the way it works because the conversation leads to the next thing, right? So here's something you say in your book, and it's talking about healing work requires getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. So that exact situation you were talking about, like building that foundation, building that strength in order to let people see that, you know, I am shifting, I am growing. So for me, for me, what it was is either, either be okay with me growing, grow with me or disappear. And I'm okay. You know, and that was, I remember it was yeah. nine months, nine months into my own personal development journey that I had this realization that, wow, I haven't heard from my friend that I had talked to once a month since high school, Wow, once a month since high school. So this is 30 something years. And I like, wow, I haven't heard from her in nine months. And I, and I said, okay, well, what happened nine months ago? Nine months ago is when I started shifting. Nine months ago is when <laughs> I started growing and changing. And then I looked at that and I said, and I'm okay with that. That was the key was because I needed to be okay with people dropping off from my life. These were the people that were, you know, they were negative. These were people who would drag me down into it and I would allow that to be dragged down. And yeah. so I no longer want that in my life. And I made a decision like that. That was my moment. My vow, my vow to myself was to be okay with people dropping off from my life because those are people who are not helping me to live in my higher purpose, my higher power, why I'm here on this planet. So let, let's talk about this. You, you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. This is one of my favorite topics because I talk about fear all the time, right? This is yes. my jam. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about this. Yes. Oh my gosh. Two things. One, that's absolutely true that I say this in the book, they'll either grow or they'll go. They'll either grow, grow or go. they're going to go. And either way we win, right? Because they grow with us or yes. they leave. And we don't have that coming at us all the time. And we don't have to do anything. That's the fascinating part about all this exactly. is that we, we, we're raising our vibration. We're actually improving ourselves. But yet some people are going to fight that. They're not going to like that. And because I say oftentimes our light is then going to shine on the cobwebs in the corners <clears throat> of their personal house, you know, their internal house. And they don't, it's uncomfortable for them to be around us, which leads, you know, it's a great segue into this because human beings like to be comfortable. We want to know what to expect. You know, we're, we're still, you know, living in the dark ages. We have the reptilian brain. We want to know what to expect. We want to have everything, all the pieces and parts in place. And we just want status quo because that makes us feel comfortable. But in that comfortability, we're staying stuck. Okay. So I explained it in my book like this. I said, would you be willing to put a teeny tiny little pebble in your shoe? Would you be willing to walk a mile with a teeny tiny pebble in your shoe, e even three miles to win a million dollars? Okay. It's not going to cut you. It's not going to maim you. You're not going to be crippled, but it's going to be uncomfortable to get the prize. Most people would say yes, right? It's just a teeny tiny little pebble. And I, and I live in Arizona, so I get little pebbles in my shoes when I'm hiking all the time. But here's the thing. This is what it is for personal growth. We have to be willing to get uncomfortable because we're quite literally moving out of status quo. We are cha we're changing trajectories. 
And it's, it's going to feel odd at first and uncomfortable, but uncomfortable doesn't mean it's wrong. It doesn't mean it's wrong because it's just, we, we must know that if this is how we like to be, but if we want to be that, we're going to have to shift a little bit and go a different direction. And, and I like people to understand that it's just one baby step at a time. This, you know, a lot of times people are afraid to grow because what it might mean. Oh my God, if I grow, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. And so they want to, again, they want to stay in that comfortable place. But how about just knowing, for me, it was just knowing that anytime love's in the room, light's in the room, God's in the room, energy, you know, positive energy is in the room, that that is a vibration that is going to attract back to us something equal to that. So where we attracted those people in the, in the first place, we were at a certain energetic vibration. But when we lift that vibration, if people fall away, new stuff is going to come in. So there is this, this strange kind of no man's land sometimes it might feel like for people where you're not really sure what's happening in your life. And this is where unwavering faith comes in, knowing about energy, knowing about the essence of the universe and knowing about capital L love, unconditional love and high vibration and how the universe will always seek to match our vibration. So the lifting of that vibration means an improved life. It can't not. It just can't not. Oh my God, that's so good. There's so many things that came from that that you mentioned that, uh, well, I just wanted to share briefly. And one of the things, because you mentioned about faith and, you know, through my breaking through fears every day for a year in 2015, I was you know 51 years old, broke through one fear every single day that year. So that was, I was definitely uncomfortable on a daily yeah. basis. So oh, I gosh, exercised, gosh. I like it, uh, exercise my fear muscle, which again, I, I know it's not a muscle, but but it's something that I exercised on a daily basis was breaking through fears. And so one of the things I came up with is my, my own acronym for the word fear. Like there was one that, um, uh, what is it? Uh, false evidence appearing real face, everything and run face, everything and rise. Like there's all these different acronyms, but I came up with my own. And that is that faith erases anxious reactions because when our faith is strong, our fear is weakened. Sometimes when our faith is strong, our fear is, it disappears. And so, if we're feeling fear, our faith is low. So what do we need to do is we need to tap into our faith so that our fear becomes lessened. And so this is one thing I, I you know, hit on. And the other thing was to do it because you're scared. Because if you think about all the fears that you've broken through in your life, that the vast, vast majority of those fears, after you were done breaking through the fear, maybe you felt proud of yourself. Oh, I'm so glad I did that. I'm proud of myself that I did it. Or maybe a door was open that you didn't even know was closed. Maybe you meet somebody that leads to something that you never imagined would be able to happen, but it was all because you broke through that fear. So when I'm experiencing fear now, because I still experience it, because I am a human being, I say, ah, that's just fear. Again, having awareness. That's just fear. I'm going to do this because I'm scared. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's been yeah. amazing. Amazing. Yes. Yes. I want to add to that just briefly. Yeah. That any fear that is not like a physical fear, like you're walking down a scary alley and you need to be careful or right, you know, those right. type of fears where we, it's literally for our physical safety. Any fear that is derived in the ego is a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie designed to keep us small and stuck. So when I started to work through the retraining of my brain and I was coming, I was coming up with things and I could tell that I was feeling some type of fear because I would feel it in my body. I had all the body tells of anxiety and depression and nervousness and these type of things. So I started to address 
where those emotions come from, which is our thoughts. And I grabbed each thought and I asked myself, is this true? Because I knew it was of mm. the ego because it certainly wasn't of my higher self, my God self. And I would question that thought. And if it wasn't true, then I knew that I was actually believing a lie that was causing me to suffer. And since I don't like lies and I don't like things that are not of truth, then I started to turn those thoughts around into, yes, then I started to turn those things around into what is as true or more true. And I would shift that narrative in my head. And I will tell you guys, being from a year of just anxiety, I mean, at one point my lip went up on its own. I was driving in my car and it just went like this. I was like, oh my gosh. And I said to myself, what are you thinking right now? And I grabbed those thoughts, turned them around. I will tell you this, from a solid year of anxiety, I went from that to within 48 hours, anxiety gone, gone, not lying. And within two, probably two and a half weeks, those thoughts never came anymore because this is what I'm talking about when we rewire the brain. I rewired my brain to not think in terms of lies, but to think in terms of truth. Yeah, I love that. And you know, we ask ourselves questions, you know, ask, is this true is one great question to ask is what happens is when we ask our brain a question, it searches for the answer. So part of the issue here, and I'll say you know, chat GPT is an amazing platform that's out there. It's, you know, using AI, but the output that I get from chat GPT is only as good as the input that I put in. So the mm -hmm. same thing with our brain is when we're asking ourselves these questions, like if we ask ourselves, why am I so stupid? Why am I so dumb? Why did I do it again? These are the wrong questions to be asking yourself. Yes. The right questions are to frame it in a positive way. How can I do this better? How can I be smarter next time? Right. So it's reframing the questions we're asking ourselves. I'm guilty of you know, saying those things. Why do I pick the wrong people all the time? Right. Why do I have so many boys? Like, why do I go through so many boyfriends? Like, that's the wrong question because yeah. the question, the answer that you come up with is not going to be true. Like Kristen said, like, yeah. right. That question to ask yourself is, is this true? Is yeah. this true? And if you think, well, yeah, it is true, you, the, the, the follow-up question is, can I know, can I absolutely know it's true? And usually you'll find the lie after that one. <laughs> you'll find <laughs> the lie. Search for the lie. Search for the lie. <laughs> so we're, we're talking about Kristen's book, you know, The Recovering People Pleaser. You know, if you've enjoyed this conversation, please tag somebody in it that you tag somebody that you think would be able to benefit from the conversation that we had. And also, you know, if you know somebody who is a people pleaser, who maybe maybe they're just starting to admit it to themselves, buy this book for them help them through that because they don't have to stay there forever. Both Kristen and I are, you know, recovering and or recovered. You know, sometimes yeah. I feel like I'm fully recovered, but then boom, something shows up. But here's the difference. Just like Kristen said, now I can recognize it instantly because I have done a lot of work to recognize what does it feel like when I'm feeling like a people pleaser? I know what that feels like now. So if I feel it, I say, ah, this is people pleaser. What do I need to do? What's my next step to move out of this? But this takes time, just like she said. It's a building block. It takes time to go through these things. It's not going to happen overnight. So just you know, get this book. It's an amazing, amazing book. She goes through so many different things. It's um, almost 200 pages of brilliance, absolute brilliance. You. If you've enjoyed what Kristen's talking about, you got to go check it out. So Kristen, I want you to share with us a little bit about, I know you're on wisdom. You're one of the experts over there. So share with us a little bit about that, how we could find your podcast and then also your website. 
Okay, so I spend the most time these days over on my YouTube channel, which is at Kristen Brown, spelled just like it's spelled right there. And I talk about all things self-love, mastery, relationship, healing, law of attraction, energy, healing from toxic relationships, intuition. I mean, I run the gamut in those things, but it's all, everything I talk about is designed to help my followers, my subscribers to put themselves in the power seat of their life because I'm not your guru. I'm just someone who's who's walked a walk and had some experiences from it and come out the other side. So I always say our best mentors are the people who have gone before us and prevailed, but yet I would never be so bold as to think I know where you're at in your journey or exactly what you need. So I really enjoy delivering information to people on YouTube and um, on my podcast and on the Wisdom channel because it's their live, con well, podcasts are recorded and some of YouTube is, but I do a lot of live broadcasts on YouTube too because I want to deliver information to people so they get fired up about their own healing so that they know that they can, that they have everything it takes to heal. But sometimes we're just confused or we're in the dark or we're lost or we're, we're you know, we've lost ourselves from relationships or whatever it may have been in traumatic relationships, whatever it might be. But th these are the places that I like to spend time because I truly talk about my personal journey. I'm very open uh, about where I've been, what I've done and how I have chose to heal and, and work through those things. So I'd say YouTube is at Kristen Brown. And the um, Wisdom app is an app that is a live social media app where we can get on and give talks and actually people can join us. So you can join the room and have a conversation with the person. It's different than Clubhouse or those other ones because it's just a one-on-one -on -one conversation. We use the, the speaker has a timer. So you come up for like five, 10 minutes, whatever. And um, I give, I have so many talks over there about so many different topics. And then that's at the Wisdom app. You'd have to download that app, but it's available both on Apple and Android. And then I have my podcast, which is the Sweet Empowerment Podcast, Reclaiming Your Personal Power. I started that about four years ago when I um, really decided that I didn't want to blog anymore, that I wanted to speak. I wanted people to hear my tones. So I started that podcast and it's got like probably maybe 150 episodes, but all really good. And you'll hear like different nuances of conversations and topics through each platform. So yeah, I just really like delivering information to people and get people fired up about their own healing because I absolutely believe that we all can do it. It's not just, you know, set up for just a few select people. It's for all of us. It definitely is. It's a, it's available to all of us, yeah. every single one of us. Again, having that awareness, I have awareness, I have awareness now. Yeah, having that awareness and uh, just that you want to change. You have to have that desire. You have to have that you know, that want to change. And sometimes like for me, it took having someone from the outside. I wasn't able to do it myself. I didn't have the tools. I didn't know what to do, but now I'm armed with the tools and I know what to do. And so it's really incredible what will happen when we tap into that. And uh, you can get Kristen's book. You can go to Kristen Brown. It's K-R-I-S-T-E-N brown.org and then go to the books tab or you can go to Amazon in whatever country you're in. I see Brigetti got her copy. She's in South Africa. Awesome. Yay. She just grabbed her copy. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Brigetti. Yeah. And then um, and then Sally says, so good. Retrain your brain. And this one, 
Yeah. Family making you feel guilty. And here's the thing is you can either allow it or not. You can allow them to make you feel guilty or not allow them to make you feel guilty. And so it's a really incredible thing. You know, we have so much power, so much power within ourselves, but we need to empower ourselves with those tools, those tips, techniques, and tricks that people have that can help us. And that is exactly what you're going to find in the recovering people pleaser. Kristen walks you through and helps you discover some different ways to make those discoveries about yourself, having that awareness, and then effecting that change in your life. So you no longer allow people to stamp all over you or stomp all over you. Oh my God. I did it for so many decades and it was painful. It's painful. It's very painful. And then we got Jazzy here in the house. Awesome. Awesome. Hi, Jazz. Yeah. Get your copy of the recovering people pleaser and let's get as many people out there, you know, to recover from that because it is an epidemic for sure. And it, it just causes a lot of pain and heartache for so many people. So Kristen, final words for our audience before we head out for the day. My final words are about you. I'm just so grateful that, that I chose you to be my publisher. We vibed and I was like, I like this girl. I don't know what she's about, but this is who I'm calling. <laughs> and you said, yes, because I'm not sure if you were doing solo publishing yet, but I wasn't sure. But anyway, um, it's absolutely excellent to work with Linda and Action Takers Publishing. And I highly recommend anybody who's considering writing a book to reach out to them because um, Linda is as she appears. She is kind. She is patient. She is honest. She is loving. And um, I'm just so grateful that you published my book. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. We didn't ask for a testimony, but we always get I love it. <laughs> I love it. Again, if you know anybody who is a people pleaser, or if you're suspecting that you might be a people pleaser, I highly recommend this book. It is so good. I've read it many, many times. Kristen and I have been on so many conversations. And just like she mentioned, you know, that I'm true to who I am. Kristen is the same. And so you're going to love her. If you love me, you're going to love Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) Go out and get this book and, and change your life, transform your life for the better. And just be aware, just be aware that once you start, when you stop becoming a, when you stop being a people pleaser, you attract better people into your life. So if you're ready for that, go out there and stop being a people pleaser. Kristen, thanks so much for being here. I truly appreciate you, what you're all about. And I'm going to send us out with our cool music. Ready? Hey. Hey.